Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's on the box with Devlin and Brundage. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of On The Box. Today we'll be talking Breaking Bad. This is episode I haven't got a fucking clue. Uh, as usual, you've come to expect from On The Box. No planning at all. So this could be episode 8, 9, 10, but I'm sure you know what it is, whatever the title says. Today I'm joined by uh, Mr. Guy Drinkle and uh, Mr. Joseph Cousins, who if you listen to the Amphil Index podcast, you should all know. Hi guys. Hello. Hi, man. How you doing? Not so bad. We've got here in the end. It's a bit of a... We were supposed to do this a couple of days ago, but it didn't happen. But we're here now, and we all don't know anything about Breaking Bad. Isn't that right? (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) As the guys know, I've spent two hours, basically, before this, coming up with a synopsis, because Breaking Bad ended in 2013, was it? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, and I don't have a ball day because I watch a lot of TV, so it happened. I know I enjoyed it, so then I had to go back and figure out what it was. And then you guys were similar, similar vein, basically, yeah? Yeah. I've watched it in nine minutes, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is with the nine minutes. <laughs> as soon as I typed into to YouTube, Breaking Bad Recap, it was lists and lists of nine minutes and variations of nine minutes. Nine minutes, it seems to be a popular length for this i don't know i had to make an important decision between eight or nine minutes i went for the nine because i'm dedicated to this <laughs> yeah de- dedication there all nine minutes of it okay uh well first of all i think do we want to just sort of go into how we started watching the show what, what format we watched the show guy come to you first i think uh how did you first learn about the show well, I first learned about it because I went to university, and basically the only show I watched before Breaking Bad was Spart- it was uh, Spartacus Blood and Sand. Um, I got to uni, and my mate was like, you've only watched that, haven't you? And I was like, yeah. And then Netflix, I got Netflix in my room, and then... Did you watch Spartacus three- for any particular reason? Because <laughs> it was on Sky. <laughs> it's it's uh, not that other reason that most... 
students watch Spartacus? No. No, no. I mean, it was on Bravo. You have to watch a show that's on Bravo. It's like sci-fi. Yeah. So um, you got you got fix, yeah. Yeah, I got I got my fix, and then about four days later, I was like, I had about two hours sleep, and I was nearly done. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Was that were they all on Netflix at that point? Uh, yeah, I think so. So you binge watched then? I did. I did. Yeah. Joe, what about yourself? Um, I I was late as well. I I I didn't. I wasn't watching it at the time. It was it was airing. Um, just hearing about it. Um. Lots of hype, but I sort of ignored it. Um, I, I do that with a, with a lot of shows where I don't watch it like the time it's out. I sort of wait, wait a while. Um, and then it sort of stirred my interest. So I thought, right, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it a go. I watched season one. I think the first few episodes wasn't impressed. It took me ages, weeks, maybe even months to actually continue watching series one. But then when I got into it and then completed series one and got into season two, I was, I was absolutely hooked. And binge watched the rest of it. I think I binge watched it until about maybe season four. I, I caught up and then started watching it. Sort of as soon as they were released. Yeah, I think you're a bit you're a bit like myself. Well, you'll know from the document I sent you that season one, the, the top points compared to their other seasons, they're they're not really that. It's not that complex. Not a lot happens. Yeah, seems to be seems to be the same with uh, Better Call Saul, which we might come on to later on. Yeah, because it's, it's really slow at starting, but it's sort of like Emery Chan with slow starting, but when he starts <laughs> going, it just keeps going. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to sound like a real hipster when I say I, I watched it. I think I watched started watching it in 2011 before it was cool. Mm, that's, that's the real hipster thing. Everybody really says that. <laughs> I like it before it was cool. So I, I think I, I think I've been binge watched uh, up to about halfway through season three or something like that. And then I was back on board with when it was on and I just couldn't get enough of it. Basically, it's really hard to go. I don't know what you found, Joe. It's really hard to go from binge watching something. To then go on to oh yeah really really different. I, I did the same with Dexter where I binged watched maybe the first two or three series and then start watching it weekly. It's really hard because <laughs> at the end at I the end of the episode you just want more. Yeah, <laughs> you're a guy after my own heart. I did exactly the same as Dexter. I think I binge watched up to the end of season four of Dexter. Yeah, and and then I had to start watching, it. and then that actually coincided with Dexter turning shit. So, <laughs> which is great. So. I think we'll we'll move on. We'll, we'll sort of move through this. We'll, we've got our we've got our synopsis open here. We're not we're not going to go too much in depth with this because let's face it, we don't remember <laughs> most of the flat points. But we'll go for it anyway. Uh, season one sort of it kicks off. We meet we meet Hank or we meet Walt. Uh, we all probably at that stage know Walt as the guy from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. So we're kind of half expecting it to be funny. Because <laughs> that's all we've seen him do in yeah. the past, yeah, yeah. So we start, we start off with with Walt. Uh, we find out for, pretty soon that he's he's been diagnosed with cancer. He's a chemistry teacher. He seems a real dweeb. Uh, when we first introduced him, did you did you see sort of where we know where he ends up in the end, guys? Could could you tell at the start? Did you have any idea that that's the way it was going to go, or did you do you like me just see him as a dweeby chemistry teacher? Uh, as soon as I saw it, I was like, "That's still hell. <laughs> That's still hell for Malcolm in the Middle. And it always will be." Yeah. Do you think he's a bit typecast? Uh, a, a bit, a bit. For the for a certain generation, he is a bit. I think. I think when he lost the hair, is you sort of you could move on from that. I think. <laughs> 
Nah, it's, since I saw the alternative ending, that uh, I think it was Friday Night Dead or something like that in America, it's still Hal. It was just all a dream. <laughs> he just wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, what, what was your take on on Walt as soon as we met him? I never, I never really watched Malcolm in the Middle. I've seen a few episodes, but never really sort of watched it properly. Um, but yeah, the sense was that he was a bit of a geek, bit of a dweeb. Never ever thought that the um, his endeavors in the drug trade would take the, the direction that it actually did. Never, never thought that in a million years. But you're right though, um, with the haircut and the um, and and the old um, the old beard, the um, he um, definitely all of a sudden he just this changed, you know, persona just, just completely different. It's, it's amazing how just a change of haircut and, 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 tri- and trimming the goatee can, can, can have that effect. Yeah. I was just going to say that it's amazing. Just what appearance just says everything, doesn't it? Like just have long, long scraggly hair the way he had in the start. And then to go, it's basically the goatee. He doesn't even have to shave his head. If he had a goatee, it's a percent the hat. It's all, it's all in the hat. All in the hat. Exactly. Uh, so we were introduced to Walt and then, the other characters were Skylar, who's his pregnant wife. We have Walt Jr., who comes with the stupidest nickname, Flynn. I have no idea why. He's got cerebral palsy. So uh, he he walks crutches, if I remember right. Isn't that right? Yeah. And he's a bit. He's he's his son. Uh, brother-in-law, Hank. He's a DEA agent. And the sister-in-law, Marie, who's a dickhead and a shoplifter. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good. Um, that's a very good description. <laughs> yeah, she just infuriated me. <laughs> and then we later on we meet Jesse. So we meet Jesse. Uh, sort of later on, Walt gets diagnosed with cancer. He realizes he's broke. His family's screwed. Basically, he's got to find a way to make some money. So he decides uh, he goes out with brother-in-law Hank, DA agent. Sees Jesse, one of his former pupils, uh, hanging out of a window at a drug bust, and it all sort of clicks together that he's going to start making meth because he's br- <laughs> all chemistry are brilliant at making meth. It seems. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they team up. What, what were we, what were your first uh, impressions of Jesse, guys? Was he a likable character uh, guy? He annoyed the first? shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, like. Being a bit younger, it was like, obviously, because it's more Americanized, it's like, I recognize him from everywhere in my school and stuff like that. Apart from the drug dealing and all that shit, of course. Oh, it's best to say that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Representing the Northeast here. I can't be painting that picture. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just found, I found him a bit annoying, but obviously, he used the word bitch probably about seven million times in the first series. Um, but I, I think that shows, it shows the story. Obviously, we're still on about season one, but it, it kind of shows how he grows up in, in a sense. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to how, how it develops along. What about you, Joe? Did you like Jesse in the beginning? Yeah, I, I hated him as well. He was so annoying. Uh, everything about him pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is, I know we're going to talk about it um, um, further, but um, yeah, his development, I thought, was really good. It was really, really good writing. Because at the beginning, I think it's it's purposeful that the um, the audience just can't stand this guy. You know, he just he just seems just like a total fuck up, and um, yeah, just j- just an idiot. <laughs> to, to me, he's he's we all know a Jesse in our lives. I think not necessarily yeah. maybe to the, to the extent of drugs and stuff, but we just know this one person who just sort of is lazy, fleets through life, and things just sort of end up working out for him somehow. 
I don't know. <laughs> but he gets by anyway. Uh, from this moment, I'm going to say, if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, you're an idiot if you're going to keep listening to this. Spoil- <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> so beyond ca- engine introduction of characters, I'm going to say, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, go watch it, then listen to this. Otherwise, don't tweet me and say spoilers and all that bullshit. Just, that's a word of warning. So, we kick off in season season one. Uh, uh, so, they team up, uh, Jesse and, well, two completely polar opposites to make meth, and they end up buying a Winnebago, which is quite famous, and if anybody's played GTA or anything, notice that that's a real cultural icon <laughs> at the minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it quickly dissolves into... Uh, Complete chaos. Uh, Jesse's former partner, Scary Eight, do- doesn't take nicely to the guys, uh, making meth. And what ends up, uh, happening is Walt ends up killing Scary Eight. So Walt goes from a dweeb chemistry teacher pretty quickly into a murderer, uh, all in the space of a few weeks, I'd say, just over money. Uh, to me. All in the space me, of him making a sandwich. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. To me, I thought that, my only my only criticism of this season would be the fact that he went very quickly from being just your average guy to being a killer. Did any of you guys find that, Joe? What do you think? Um, I don't know. I had the sense at the time that he really had no other choice, and um, because he was in this predicament, because by then he he had he had received the, um, the, the, the 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 diagnosis about the cancer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you know he's in a he's in a jam really. And, um, it's, it's really desperate, you know? And so I wasn't, you know, overly sort of shocked that, he, that, that they sort of had him do that in, 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 the, in such a sort of space, space of time, just so the, the, the sheer desperation of his, of his predicament. And it's not as if he had too many choices because, you know, he, if he let him go, then he knew that, that, you know, likelihood is scary. It would try and kill him anyway. So, mm. um, you know, um, but usually when you watch films or, or shows like that, they can't go through with it. They just, they, the surprise is that he actually did go through with it. But when you, when you look at it from a logical perspective, I could sort of understand why it happened. Yeah. So it didn't bother you. What about you, Guy? I, I, I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was perfect, to be honest. Um, at that stage, he was, he already escaped by the, by the skin of his teeth, really, he, was, he almost got caught by the DEA or whatever it was. And he almost, he almost got killed by, uh, scary eight and his big bastard friend. Winnebago. Yeah, yeah, he almost got killed in there. So I think it was at that stage it was just kill or be killed, really. And then obviously the whole thing of making meth was to do about himself and his family. So I think he has to think about that, and it just shows a desperate man will do anything to get out of a predicament. Yeah, I suppose. But he, he then comes up with this expert way of getting rid of the body, which I don't know why movies or anything haven't thought of this. Stick him in a bathtub with some hydrochloric acid and gone. <laughs> Basically, mm. why aren't all the criminals in the world doing doing this? That's that's what I'm wondering. But well, there the might be. That's the scary thing. <laughs> well, this, this is true. So it's it's another example of how uh, a chemistry teacher seems to be some sort of genius. But anyway, <laughs> so we we know that Walt has lied to Skyler about his cancer. Does he says? He, well, he, f- he first lies about it, and then he later tells her, and then she wonders where the money's coming from. So he has to say he's getting it from these these guys that he used to be partners with in this company that they started, and he was sort of ousted out of the company, and he became became the the teacher. 
those guys become important later on in season five. But uh, the next run I'm running is with uh, Tuco, who is one scary, scary person. Maybe he should have been called Scary Ape because he is <laughs> mental. <laughs> yes. What do, we, what do we think of Tuco? Crazy. <laughs> oh, it, for me, like he he was a great he's a great villain to have in one series. Because uh, I think I read this somewhere that he was planned to be in uh, the main. Uh, bad guy for the whole show. Obviously, we're just on season one, but in season one, he's just he's just that in your face scary bastard who would like. Well, he does kill all his mates just to get some more meth. <laughs> it's just, yeah. he's, he's sampling the product, really. Yeah, sampling the product and then punches someone to death. Yeah, so it's it must be his downer from the meth. Um, and Walt ends up blowing him up in his office too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to piss him off, just a little bit more. Uh, yeah. What about you? What about you, Joe? To go, absolute, absolute nutter. Um, I remember, him, I remember the actor, and he played a similar role in um, in Training Day. You remember the scene where um, uh, Ethan Hawke's character gets get he gets set up by Denzel um, with the with the Mexican behind. guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then they're playing cards. Um, and the guy starts, I think it's Tuco that starts asking him whether, you know, stuff about having his ship pushed, pushed back or something, something oh, along yeah. those lines. So he's right. an absolute nutter in that scene. And he plays almost exactly the same in, uh, in Breaking Bad. Um, you just wonder how someone with that sort of, uh, mentality and temperament actually made it uh, that far up in the, in the, in the drug chain. Um, but yeah, an absolute nutcase. I think as we learn in season two, it's probably who he knows rather than yeah. how good he is at anything. Family. Yeah. But uh, in keeping with season one, as we said, not a lot happens. So we meet Tuco, there's several sort of run-ins, and then at the end, uh, Walt and Jesse sort of make a deal to go to be their, his supplier, and then uh, Walt becomes what is infamously known as Heisenberg, and he dons the aforementioned hat. That's the, That's the end of season one. I myself at that point was kind of like, well, that was great. Uh, I'll, I'll move on to season two. I'm not, I'm not sure really where it's going. Were you guys sort of the same, or was it halfway through season one where you guys really got hooked? I got hooked. I, I got hooked from um, from from when they started cooking up the meth in the um, in 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 the camper van. I pretty much got hooked there, and um, because it was only seven, it was only seven episodes in the uh, first series, wasn't it? And then. Series two looked like there was even more. So what, ten or twelve? I just had yeah. the feeling that it was really going to step up, especially given all the hype everyone gave it, gave it at the time. People who I know that had seen it, so pretty much was confident that it was going to get a lot better. So um, I dived straight into season two at that point. I suppose you were the same guy, yeah. Yeah, it helped. I was binge watching it as well because you could go straight onto it. Yeah, well, well, I could binge watch it. But it was just, it's kind of. Like I felt. Uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, it's kind of like I like it, but I'm not sure if I really, really like it. But I'll go. It was enough there for me mm. to go on to season yeah. two. So, but yeah. season two is where it really starts to kick off, and we meet uh, we meet characters such as Saul Goodman, who we've already mentioned. Uh, but at the start, we meet uh, Hector. So Tuco bring kidnaps the guys after they've decided to try and kill him uh, with ricin. <laughs> So he kidnaps them and takes them to the desert where we meet uh, Hector, who's a crazy guy who's the uncle of Tuco, and he seems to have taken a stroke or whatever, and he communicates through a really stupid bell. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is that bell infuriating me at the time. 
but we, we, we find ourselves there and, uh, the guys try to kill Tuku by putting the ricin. So the ricin's really important because the ricin is the sort of the key to Jesse and Walt's relationship later on. Mm. This is the start of it. But he tries to kill, uh, Tuco and, uh, Hector, uh, spots it. Uh, they think, oh, he, he's not gonna notice, or whatever, he's had a stroke, he won't know, but he does notice. And Hector becomes vital too, in the end, in, in a, in a big way, with one of the main characters. So, Tuco ends up, he ends up, uh, pretty much fucking Jesse up, uh, and then Walt sort of overpowers him and shoots him. If I remember right, that's right, isn't it? Who, Tuco? Yeah. I shoots Tuco. Who shoots Tuco? Yeah, he he shoots him in the air, but it's Walt. Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. And then Hank follows them out to, follows Jesse's car, because he's investigating Jesse, and he's mm-hmm. following him through GPS. So he follows his car and then ends up killing Tuco. Uh, so this is sort of our our first introduction to Hank as a, as a real badass uh, I'm just going to come to you about Hank, uh, Guy. Was Hank a, a character you really related to? Was somebody annoyed you? What in the first series he was just an asshole, and like you felt mm-hmm. sorry for you felt sorry for Walt and all that, and then Hank was just being a prick to him pretty much all the time, like teasing him and stuff like that. And and then in season two, it just kind of you you, you kind of see the role that Hank takes, where he's he is actually the good guy rather than the anti-hero that uh, Jesse and Walt are. So you see that he is like probably one of the most important roles in it, and then it just kind of develops as it goes on, and then obviously he gets a bit more big-headed as it goes on. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say I liked him, but he had a very important role in it. Yeah, he sort of started out as that macho typical mm. cop, doesn't he? Yeah. What about you? What about you, Joe? You yeah, the same. The, the same for me. I, he annoyed me at the beginning. He reminded me of um, you, you seen the Shield, the um, the TV series, the Shield. Yeah. Um, and you know the character I'm talking about? In yeah, the, he looked the, the main guy, yeah. He looked yeah, the same guy from Fantastic Four. I can't remember the actor's name now. Um, he reminded me of him, and I hated that guy in, in The Shield. <laughs> and so, yeah, he used to, he used to annoy me, you know, the, the, the constant sort of jokes um, at Walt's expense and, and what have you. He used to, he used to annoy me back. But, um, yeah, as, as Guy said, he, um, as they develop him, he's definitely a lot more layers to his character. Um, and you know, we'll probably, we'll go speak about it probably further, but you wouldn't, you saw when he gets the injury and what have you, you just, and, and he, he switches jobs, you just start seeing a lot more to him. Um, but yeah, that was the first sign of, of, of his, you know, his actual nature, what he's, what he's doing as a cop. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was sort of the, 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 the first sort of entry into, in, into action, action Hank, <laughs> so to yeah. speak. Uh, and this is this is really important as well because it's the first time that Walt sort of has to lie about where yeah. he's been or what he's been doing. Right. So, he, yeah. so he he ends up making up a story that he's lost his mind because of the cancer, and that's yeah. that's where it was. But uh, so he gets away with it, whereas Jesse gets picked up by the DEA, and so does Uncle Hector. But Hector's like an old school drug lord guy. He he doesn't run run him out not, or anything. Yeah, not writing at all, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Which again, that that becomes a real important thing later on about Hector not being a rat. Is he a rat? Is he not a rat? But anyway, we move on then in season two. So season two is a lot more complex than season one. Then we move on again. It's like another phase of the season, and Jesse moves in with Jean, which brings up all manner of fun. <laughs> 
Jane is played by Kristen Ritter, who everyone probably know as Jessica Jones, who I'd say you guys now like, yeah? Yeah. 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 But in this, would you agree with me, she was a pain in the fucking arse? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she yeah. was a pain in the arse. Not at the beginning, but then as soon as she sort of found out that, you know, he was entitled to, to or should have been entitled to money, that was it. As soon as they started taking heroin again, that was it, really. <laughs> yeah, because Jane was a drug, drug addict who tried to go straight, and it was in turn trying to push that on to Jesse, and then they decided that, hey, they're going to do heroin one last time. Yeah, just then... one, yeah this one, the just one time um, thing. <laughs> that's, that's how heroin works. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, again, really important because uh, Jane ends up overdosing on heroin, and Walt watches it and doesn't. He could. He could have stopped it. So this is a game. Walt sort of falling deeper, deeper into the darkness because yeah. she was. She was pulling Jesse away. He sees it as an opportunity to get rid of her and he'll get Jesse back. So he just watches her die, and Jesse doesn't know this. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but that that scene really made it was kind of uncomfortable to watch. Just somebody watching somebody else die in that way. What What do you think, guys? Think Joe? Um, it was uncomfortable. It was, it was, I thought the right decision. Um, although <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was the right decision on a, on a few, on a few, um, levels, really. I, I don't think Jesse would have ever, um, sort of fixed himself up and gone into rehab and what have you if, if that, if, um, she didn't die. Um, and, you know, the whole sort of, um, I reckon he just got the money and pissed it away and that would have been the end of that. Probably would end up. Um, getting grassed up and what would have probably ended up in prison anyway so i think i think big picture it was the right decision but obviously um you know really difficult one and one that was really tough and surprising as well to watch and it, you could just see him descending as you said into the darkness from from that point um but i thought it was a fascinating um it was a fascinating bit of of of, of the series i thought it was a really striking bit of television T- tv doesn't yeah often go definitely and usually, if somebody overdoses or something, it's not usually something that's just put in front of you like that. I've and never seen I've never seen something like that before. And I can't I can't I can't remember seeing something like that before in a television show. It was done really really well. It was it was jaw dropping at the time. Yeah, it was the the real meaning of dark, wasn't it? Yeah, guy, what do you, what do you think? Was it uncomfortable for you, or do you just want to see the world burn? As I said to you earlier on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, in terms of the show, you want to see the world burn because you want to see Walt just become Heisenberg twenty four seven, but <laughs> and ultimately that that does happen <laughs> after this point. Yeah, so it, it was obviously uncomfortable to watch because well, someone's dying, like choking in front of you on their own fucking vomit and stuff like that it, it wasn't pretty to watch obviously but in terms of the show developing it was like fuck yeah you could be a badass now uh, and, uh, yeah. and to quote I think we get what you for the greater good <laughs> for yeah. the greater good I suppose if he'd saved her there then we all probably would have a lot more time on our hands because we wouldn't be watching Breaking Bad we wouldn't be doing this would we <laughs> no. would have saved me right now like this anyway <laughs> uh there's other important points in this season as well. I'm just I'm trying to get this all together because it is very complex, and I'm trying to run through it as quickly as possible. We're trying to get this into one pod. Other things that sort of happen here that are important is uh, we've met Saul Goodman. He just kind of gets uh, Jesse's friend out of a sort of tight situation. He becomes the lawyer, sort of the legal advice, but he's a real crooked lawyer, and he's the legal device for the pair of them because, let's face it, the pair of them are clueless when it comes to this shit. 
and he sort of tells them that they need to start uh, laundering their money and stuff. But first, he introduces them to Gus, and Gus is big because Gus is a real, real time drug lord. He's like one of the big guys in all of this. Uh, he has connections to people in Mexico and the mafia and things like that, and it'll come in to play later on with Hector as well. And Gus runs uh, what, what's the chick? Chicken place called again, guys? El, pa- oh, El Taco Polos? Something like that? There you go. And there you go. Anybody who hasn't seen the show has probably seen this logo because it's fucking everywhere. <laughs> well, uh, Gus runs this chicken place, but he's it's actually a front for drugs. Uh, so Walt and Jesse decide to team up with Gus because he's going to be able to uh, distribute the meth for them and pretty much make all the money that Walt wants to make. But towards the end of season two, Walt goes in to get a surgery for his cancer, which uh, he gets put under anesthetic. And sort of in in the background, Skylar's been sort of thinking, "What's going on here?" Blah 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 blah. They ended up setting up a website f- for uh, making money for Walt, and that's what Walt was laundering his money through. And Skylar starts wondering where all this money's coming from and stuff. And she starts accusing him of having a second phone, and she starts getting really paranoid. So Walt's under drugs. He's about to go into into surgery, and he confirms to her that he has two phones, and that's a big moment at the end of the at the end of the series. So that at that point, Skylar no, no longer trusts him. I'm just going to come here to Skylar, guys. Do you hate Skylar as much as I hate Skylar? I I hope it's more. <laughs> yeah. I hope I hate her more. She's a right bitch. Yeah, I, th- I do. I think she's probably my least favorite character in any TV show ever. <laughs> and that yeah. says a lot, because I watch a lot of TV. What, were you guys really the same, yeah? I used to think, how how did they end up getting married in the first place? <laughs> she seems to just dislike him. <laughs> and not back any of his decisions at all, because because um, I, I, I thought his biggest, sort of going through season two, I thought his biggest mistake he was making was not telling Skylar, was having this double life, because I don't think you can have I don't think there's any any sort of big drug lord out there that his wife doesn't know what they're doing. It's impossible to live such a, a, a double life with the person you're most close to not knowing. And probably the first thing they're going to suspect is that you're having an affair and then it, it's all going to go pear-shaped. So I, episode after episode, I used to say, I used to think to myself, you need to just tell her what you're doing. And she being your wife, she be, she should be understanding, knowing, you know, what the reason, the reasons for it and what have you. And might not agree with it, but, you know. So her sort of reaction um, to when you finally did tell her was a bit was a bit surprising. Um, and made and, and and made me sort of hate her <laughs> in in the series. Yeah, guy, what about you? Just a real bitch. <laughs> oh god, I couldn't stand her. And then she just gets worse and worse each time. Like, it, like, she, oh, she's just a bitch. Your brother's a DEA. Your stepbrother's a DEA agent. Do you think you don't think he knows that you stupid bitch? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, she's just yeah, an she's just. Even her sister's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it just I, seems I to be a family thing. <laughs> oh, you probably don't. <laughs> but she's a, she was a real, like, stereotypical, like, if anybody's making sexist remarks about women or whatever, I, it's basically the Skylar character, isn't it? It's just a yeah. nagging wife. Nagging it's wife. Getting... The epitome of the nagging wife. <laughs> yeah. And it, so, 
We move on to season three and the hatred sort of starts to boil over. Skylar's now started working for a guy called Ted, who is a dweeb. <laughs> she seems to have a thing for dweebs, doesn't she? Mm. Everyone's yeah. got a type. Yeah, so she likes to overpower people, it seems. But anyway, she becomes the bookkeeper for this guy called Ted. He's actually been laundering money, which again comes into play later on. But we start off in the season and we're introduced to the cousins. Uh, the cousins are two twin brothers who are the son, if I'm, I'm getting this right, the sons of Hector, aren't they? I believe so. Yeah. And the, hence the cousins of Tuco. So they're two twins and they're hell-bent on killing Walt because they think that he killed Tuco. So this becomes a big thing between, because they're Mexican, they're the guys who are supplying in Mexico and stuff, and there's a sort of a, a relationship there between Gus and the Mexicans, and it all gets a bit complicated. So Walt's now working for Gus. The cousins are now trying to kill Walt. Uh, and Skylar now wants a divorce because she realizes Walt's a drug dealer because that's all added up in her head. <laughs> so anyway, the cousins come up and they want to kill Walt, but uh, Gus doesn't allow it. What, what were your first guy's impressions of the cousins? Because at, at first I thought it was like a real sort of like, you know, like a real trope in an action movie. Like, you know, where you got like the Matri- <laughs> Matrix, second Matrix movie, you know, the reloaded one where they got the two twins and they're two badass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's this real action trope. Um, Breaking Bad doesn't really do tropes that often, but I thought the, these guys were a real, a real <laughs> sort of cheesy. What, what, what do you think of them, guy? They were ju- they were just the su- they were just basically a Bond buddy who just didn't talk and just looked scary. Yeah, because they don't talk. It's like- yeah, they just literally turn up, pick up a picture, and then sit in someone's bedroom with a shiny axe. <laughs> That's basically all they do. It was great writing, wasn't it? It was. It was. <laughs> there's basically, there's half an episode whilst they just crawl in the dirt for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Those two guys just phoned the performance in and just got probably got a bathroom after or something. They they got the part just because they were a twin, really <laughs> twin and Mexican. They look they look they're twins and they look the part now and and that was about it. They basically yeah. look like Mexican hitman. Yeah. 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 Pretty pretty much. And that's pretty much what they are. They come up and they, they're, they're going to kill Walt, but we, this is when we find out that Gus is really connected because uh, they're about to kill Walt and they get a phone call and then they end up in the desert and they're Gus's and Gus just basically goes, no, and they don't do it. So that shows the sway and how connected Gus is. So Gus is really a big, a big drug lord in this. This is when we start to realize that Gus is a real badass because at the start, you kind of think, Gus is a really nice guy. Like He, he invites yeah. Walt over to his house for dinner and stuff like that. And you think, hey, this guy's, this guy's great. How can he really be a drug lord? He must be sort of in the same predicament as Walt. He just sort of fell into it. But then we find out that he's just really a psychopath. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is when shit gets real. <laughs> shit does get real. <laughs> yeah. Were you guys surprised by that? How Gus, like, just instantly, like, we just find out that he is... The badass of the, he's basically the badass of the whole thing. Yeah, I was in the same, I was in the same boat as you were. Like, oh, he seems all right. You must just have respect from everyone, and then you just goes, oh, 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 okay. He yeah. is fucking terrifying. <laughs> he, he is crazy. He's, he's actually maybe more terrifying than Tuco in that respect oh, because, especially oh, yeah. in the later seasons, when you see what he actually does. It's, yeah, he just kills. There's one of the seasons. Is it start of season four or something like that? He just kills one of his employees because he can't kill Walt. Yeah. 
just kills him I, on the spot. What, when the Mexicans are trying to kill uh, Gus as well, and he just stands there letting them shoot him. He's just like, fuck you, I am a god. <laughs> yeah, and he's an, he's an old dude too. Like He's not like it's not like he's in his 30s or anything. Like He's maybe mm. 50s, I'd say. It, some, right? it must be like that, yeah. Did you did you guys like uh, Gus Joe? Did you, did you love like the character? Love love the character. I mean, I know the actor way from way back watching Spike Lee films in the eighties. So he's um he's been he's been around the block for years. I think this was his, his first big part on um um TV though. Um, fantastic, and you knew he was what just had a good feeling that he was um a big player in the game. Um, just by the way they introduced him or, or way he was introduced to, um, to, to, to Gus, like initially just polite, um, chicken shop, uh, manager. And then I just had the feeling that there was a lot more to him than that. And obviously the, um, the, 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 the sways politically as well, like the influences he had politically, just, just let you know that, you know, this, this was a, this was a big player in, in the game. And the flashbacks I thought were, were fantastic. Um, it really did knit yeah. knit the story well between um, the stuff with Hector that that happens later. Yeah, we and, find out why, yeah. why they like each other. Yeah, yeah. The, the the flashback was really that was that was really good. The, it sort of gave you it added a lot more layers to his to his character and his story. Um, that's what that was fantastic. It's probably Gus was probably my favorite um, character in 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 the series at that at, during season three, season three and four. Uh, guy, you, you like him as a villain, yeah? I, I, I think he, I think he made the show as great as it actually is. I think if if it wasn't for him and his character, I think it would have been more of it would have been more of the same from season one and two, where it's just you've got the stereotypical mental baddie, and then you've just got two people trying to fend him off. Whereas Gus just makes it; he just he's just a psychotic bastard who can play mind games with anyone. I think he just yeah. made. I think he added an extra layer to the show in a whole. And in terms of favorite character, I think he is actually my favorite character of the whole show, not just the series. He's like the Bond villain, isn't he? He's he's like the ultimate Bond villain. Mm. Likeable. He's the one who get, he, he's the one who's <laughs> in charge of everything. Yeah, yeah. He sort of reminded me of is, is it Scalamanga, the man with the golden gun? That sort of because he's a really cool customer. Yeah. And he just sort of kills people when he when he wants to, maybe sometimes for fun, but doesn't go overboard. He's just a cool customer. He knows but, what he's doing. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's why he's successful. But anyway, he puts he shows his bad side in a way by saying, "Hey, look, I need Walt, so I'm going to say, hey, Hank, I'm going to tell him the truth. The cousins, that is, Hank killed him, so he sets the cousins on Hank to kill Hank, and this ends up in a confrontation in a car park. I love this confrontation. Do you guys like this confrontation? Oh, it was gritty. It was real. It was yeah, fantastic. I think the TV, TV didn't really do this at the time. I thought anyway." It was gruesome. It was sort of like it was sort of like heat. Sort of reminded yeah, it me of like heat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But nothing like that had ever been on TV before. This was sort of like TV had graduated to heat's level. It's that sort of sophisticated level of violence that it's not too, it's not too gratuitous, but it's it's gory. Like, so Hank ends up uh, reversing into one of them and then shooting another one in the head. <laughs> but then he gets shot. So what happens is he he has to go to rehab because he can't walk anymore, and he, that's when he sort of starts questioning himself and everything. And are you guys saying is this when Hank changed for you? This is when you started to relate a bit more to Hank. Yeah, definitely. Joe? Yeah, definitely. This this is when you start seeing other facets to his um his character, not just the hard just the hard guy, but you know, um, <laughs> the, they they brought in vulnerability into into his character, and I thought that was that was really good. 
when you say hard guy, are you referring maybe to what the his wife was doing to him? Say, <laughs> 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 Hank, Hank got a, a little a little quickie in in the a, a quickie un, un, under the covers. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, We'll, we'll move on from that. <laughs> this is a respectable podcast. <laughs> uh, this, we move on and Halt, or Halt, Walt starts, uh, working for Gus and we realize the extent of his operation because he's got a big underground lab for him to work in and make to his heart content all the meth that he wants. Uh, and then we're introduced to Gil. Do you guys know, do you guys watch suits? I don't. I watched I watched it up to maybe season three, so I so I I, I know of him up up to then season three or season four. But yeah, I remember him from Suits. Yeah, so Gil is Daniel Hardman in Suits, and for me, I'd already watched kind of watched Suits at this point. I think so. I kind kind of weird that this guy he's, he's like a really nice guy. He's like a brilliant chemist, but he's like really naive, and he's going to be uh, Walt's partner to make the. The, the meth alongside him. Jesse's sort of out of the picture at this time. He's gone to rehab, whatever. But uh, Walt ends up hating him and wants to get rid of him. So he gets Gus to uh, fire Gil uh, and reinstate Jesse. This is when we end up with this fucking fly episode. What the fuck was that, was that about? <laughs> <laughs> I have seen online there is fucking, there's essays about this fucking episode <laughs> and what, what it means metaphorically and all this bullshit. What did you guys, guy, what did you think of this stupid episode? It, it was just, I don't, I don't know why they did it. It was like, okay, flies are annoying, but you don't need to show me it for an hour that flies are fucking annoying. <laughs> I know, it was crazy. Joe. Oh. So, what would you? It's just basically the entire episode is just running after a fly, and nothing actually happened. Did they even <laughs> get the fly in the end? Uh, I think they did. Yeah. I think they did. Or did um, they end up fly? The writers must have been high for that particular um, episode. That's the only thing I can I can apply to it. They were they were high at the time. They wrote the, they wrote the story. They thought, right, we'll go with it. <laughs> and then afterwards, they'll make up some philosoph- philosophical stuff to actually you know give it some meaning. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe wrote it during the writer's strike. Who knows? <laughs> See, the writer's strike was um was I think was was for the first season. It's, I just read this actually before we start recording. But the writer's strike was the reason why there they were only seven episodes in series one. Um, so they can't even blame that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Parks and Rec was sort of affected the same way as well. I think it was only like six episodes in the first season of that because of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it was a real fuck up. It just fucked up a lot of shows for me. That stupid fucking strike anyway we'll move on this episode right the fly though this this pissed my dad off so much that he felt because my dad watched the show about uh, uh, maybe a year or so after i did and he was binge watching it and it pissed him off so much he phoned me asking me why on earth he's like like i re- like i wrote it <laughs> why on earth? <laughs> flabbergasted at the other end of the phone asking me why on earth <laughs> did, they, did, did they put out that that episode i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't answer him <laughs> and i don't have any idea at the moment either maybe we'll get some um maybe we'll get some comments on twitter after this is put out you know yeah, give us some, give us some information on that points yeah some university bloody study into it <laughs> uh so similarly actually uh, my girlfriend who doesn't watch that much TV, was actually binge-watching Breaking Bad up until this point and has never watched Breaking Bad since this episode. Oh, no. 
she just she's actually attempted i think on three different occasions to get through the episode and hasn't done it <laughs> and just stop watching from there on after this episode though it gets really dark it gets bad I know, but try telling her that. <laughs> uh, may, may, maybe that has something to do with it going really dark um, <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, maybe they just really were. Ha- maybe they started meth at this point. <laughs> 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 but we'll, we'll move on because we're a bit time sensitive here. Uh, so Jesse comes back, and then Jesse's sort of getting his life together. He's getting a bit of money now because he's working with Gus, and then he ends up meeting uh, this girl Andrea. And Andrea ends up being. Uh, she, the sister of uh, a guy, a little child who killed one of Jesse's friends in the first co- first second season, is it? Second, I think. Yeah, and that's how Saul comes into it and everything. So Jesse takes real umbrage to this, and pretty much he's going to kill the people who are responsible. Not the, not the wee boy, obviously, but the people who put him up to it. So he, what happens is himself and Walt kill the two guys. Walt sort of takes over again. Car and a gun seems to be a thing. <laughs> With these that guys, that was horrendous as well. <laughs> yeah, a needed hit, <laughs> and that pisses Gus off to no end. So this is where the the souring of the relationship with Gus starts. So Gus wants to kill Walt for killing these guys because these guys were his guys and the Mexican guys, and they're all connected. So the only problem with this is Gus can't kill Walt because Gil doesn't know the formula for cooking the meth yet. And Walt realizes this, and this is again another step into the darkness because Walt knows this and goes out of his way to try and kill Gil. But unfortunately, in this step into the darkness, Jesse sort of goes along with him for the ride because what happens is Walt gets prevented from doing this and Jesse ends up in the, I think it's the last episode or maybe in the last scene of season three, he kills Gil. Were you guys surprised by this, Jesse's behavior? Because up until then, I didn't think Jesse, he was all sort of talk and no. No bark, no bite. Uh, Guy, what do you think? Was this surprising to you? No, because you saw you saw how what happened to Walt, and if he can if he can go into the darkness from the spot he was in, if you if you think that if you compare um, Jesse being in rehab to Walt's cancer, they're obviously in both in dark periods and stuff like that. So it only takes a moment to snap and stuff like that so it didn't surprise me but I think what you're saying that he was all talk at the start he was pretty much just a little bitch for the first few series which is ironic because of what he says yeah exactly <laughs> bitch <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but it, it, it again it's just an important point in the character development and the series and the uh, show development pretty much shows that Jesse's now more independent and stuff like that from this point on yeah Joe are you surprised yeah, yeah, I, I didn't think he would do it. I, I, I thought he'd bottle it, to be honest. Because um, he sort of pauses, doesn't he? First, yeah, we're doing it, and then even yeah. when the even when because you just hear the gun sound go off, don't you? And the screen goes black in that last episode. It was the last scene of season three, wasn't it? Um, so, and even then, I had my doubts whether he did it or not. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, yeah, I was surprised that he actually followed through. I thought it was a, it was a great way to end the season. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, we'll just we'll take a wee break now for uh, a message from the Overlord where he tells you what you're listening to, basically. So, take it away, gags. You're listening to the Unfield Index. The Unfield Index. A podcast channel. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, guys. Well, end of season four now. We're a bit stretched for time here. We're... We've ended up talking about three seasons a bit longer than I would have liked. But season four, I think, is a bit, it's a bit smaller than the, the last season. Uh, we've moved in. Gus still wants to kill Walt, but he can't. And then Walt wants to kill Gus. Isn't that right? And he can't get mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they continue making it. It's sort of a relationship. It's sort of like the way uh, Walt... It sort of mirrors the way Walt and Skyler are. They're together because they have to be together. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But a big thing happens in this is when... Wait, one second, one second, one second. What series was it when um, Ted um, had his unfortunate um, accident? I think it's this season, isn't it? It's this yeah. season. All right, we'll come on to that then. Yeah, I, I didn't want to go. <laughs> didn't want. Didn't want to finish this and not talk about that. Yeah, go on, Gary. Oh no, that's that's a big that's a big point. <laughs> <laughs> Quite funny. So this is big because Gil's apartment gets searched because obviously he was murdered, and they find Gil's notebook, and inside his notebook, uh, the initials WW with a message, and of course we know that that's to Walter White, but Hank doesn't know that. And Hank shares the information with Walt and they sort of have a heart to heart while drinking one night and they're going through and Hank sort of jokingly goes, maybe it means Walter White and Hank or Walt's like, yeah, that'd be funny. You got that was awesome. Yeah, that That was awesome. The way they did that was awesome. A real pivotal moment. Did you guys think that this WW thing was going to be as important as it was, Joe? No, no, not at all. They disguised it well, didn't they? Uh, they disguised it really well, and yeah, and the, that that moment because it looked like Hank knew what was what was going on. The way they sort of the, the way they the way they showed it, the way he responded, saying "Ah, you got me," was was fantastic. Um, yeah. I think they got I think they got members of the audience as well because I was thinking, "Oh shit, how has he put that together um, so quick?" I was thinking maybe Hank had an, an inkling at that point, but of course he didn't. What, what about you, guy? Oh, it was just good. It just it again. It just showed the uh, development of of Walt, where he's just like 
I'm fuck I'm untouchable. <laughs> Even if he did know, I don't give a shit really. Yeah. It, it is just brilliant that scene. It just showed, it, showed. it sort of feeds into that where this is a big this is the season four where the the standout line of the show, I am the one who knocks. Oh brilliant. So, Walt's really becoming a badass at this point. He's really living to the persona. He's really he's lapping it up. He's he's no longer the guy he was in season one. I'd be right in saying that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd agree. He he is he's become a Heisenberg rather than the other way around. Walt's sort of his alter alternate persona, his his mask now. So we move on, and Gus go back to Gus. Uh, Gus finds that the way to get to get Walt is to pit Jesse and Walt against each other. So we're again revisiting this whole, there's a sort of a tension between Jesse and Walt the whole way through the thing. Walt sort of treats Jesse like he's stupid. Yeah. And that sort of moves the whole way through and it becomes really pivotal as we go through. So Gus recognizes this and then pits the two of them against each other. So that when that, as that's going on, uh, Jesse learns to cook the meth the way that Gus wants it. And thus Gus thinks, Hey, we can kill Walt, but Jesse says no, or else he's not going to help. He's not going to help him. So again, Walt's sort of like a cat with nine lives, isn't he, guys? He keeps getting away <laughs> with this. Same. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which I was, I was kind of surprised because uh, I kind of thought with the end, the end of season three, with the way Jesse was maybe getting a bit more ruthless. Did you guys sort of fear for Walt? Do you think Jesse was maybe going to fuck him over at this point? I didn't know. They they always seem to have this. Even even through the periods where they weren't talking, there was this seemed to be for me anyway, this underlying respect, you know, that they'd look out for each other when shit really hit the fan. So I, I would have been surprised if, um, if, if Jesse would have given the okay, um, for that, that, that I would have found, I would have found that surprising. So yeah. 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 We, we, we sort of, to cut, well, as we know, Walt is, He's probably smarter than Gus in the end of it. So Walt recognizes what's happening here. So he plot he plots to turn then Jesse. He flips it. He plots to put Jesse against Gus. And this is where the rice and thing comes in again. Yeah, rice and cigarette thing. So Andrea's son, who we met earlier, he's called uh, Brock or something like that, ends up getting poisoned. And at first, Jesse thinks it's Walt, but Walt's like, "Hey, I, why would I do it?" And he sort of he moves him on to Gus. And now Jesse wants to kill Gus. And this is wherever the sort of shit hits the fan, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah. And it, it kind of gets a bit gruesome. Uh, it sort of plays out and uh, Walt uses Hector. So we now know that Hector hates Gus. Gus hates Hector. But we know also that Hector's not a, a rat. So Walt gets Hector to go into the DEA building just to sit there because he knows Gus is watching. I thought this this was a great... It was a great plan, guys. What do you think? The way that <laughs> Amazing. It's just, just the way he does. It's because he gets Hector to go into the building. Looks like he's ratting, but we all know he's no rat. And then that persuades uh, Gus to go after Hector at the old folks' home, as I would call it, from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Retirement <laughs> castle. And there, yet again, bam, Walt uses his chemistry brain to kill Gus and blows him up. And we get this really horrible scene of Gus with half his face off. Oh man! Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant uh, scene because I'm like, the way the camera pans around. I'm thinking to myself, how how the hell has he survived this? <laughs> fixing <laughs> his <laughs> fixing his tie. <laughs> he goes looking about his two face or something, did he? Yeah. 
Then it shows the other side of his face, and you're like, fucking yeah. hell. Is he all right? Is he? No, he's pretty fucking dead. <laughs> Jesus, that was something else. Yeah, mm. and, he, and he just drops to the floor. And again, Walt's another, he's killer. Like, it's this, this is just the guy that he's become. And it, he's, he's become a, by, by, that, by that point, he's become a strategic genius. Yeah. Um, in terms of setting up all of these sort of guys that are, you know, that are well used to being double crossed by, um, you know, others and what have you. And he's just outfoxing everyone. Um, yeah, it's, um, really, really clever at this point and dark as well. He's, he's not caring about taking anyone's life at this point. It's, um, it, it's, it's kill or be cured sort of approach from him. Yeah, the series as a whole has just gone. It just to be funny, it used to be whatever in season one. It was kind of lighthearted, I thought. And season four, it's just got to the darkest point, I think. It's oh, just yeah. started to descend into complete darkness. And then what happens then uh, thereafter is the lab gets burnt up. Walt's finally safe. They're free from it all. And you could go, hey, you could just quit now. Yeah. But, <laughs> but this is Walt. Did you guys think he was going to quit? No, no way. No. <laughs> it's like liking it too much. I always, it's you always find it. You're like, you, were you guys spurring him on? What, what about you, guy? Were you spurring him on to quit at any point, or as you said earlier, did you just want everything to burn? Oh no, he had to keep going. He had, he had to get, he had, there had to be another asshole. He could, he could fuck over in some sense. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Um, I think during season three or four, I was just thinking to myself, why don't you just work? Just do your work for Gus, build up your fortune, however millions you want, and just sail off into the sunset. Why not do that? <laughs> obviously, they're not gonna. Um, obviously, they're not gonna portray the drug the drug trade positively in that way. But yeah, I was thinking, you know, just do the do the do the drugs, cook the meth for Gus, do what you're doing, fulfill your contract, and just disappear with 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 your millions. But nope, greed just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it, and. I mean, I, I remember a conversation between him and Skylar. I think it was a conversation between him and Skylar when he when he was said when he was saying that he's actually he's good at it, you know. Um, he enjoys it. He's actually good at it, you know. So he's not going to stop. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we'll go. So season we move into season five now. This is the last season, even though it's kind of like, it's split up into two because TV networks seem to do that these days. It's, fucking split everything up so he ended up getting i think it was six episodes and another six episodes wasn't it i think something like that yeah yeah so we start off in season five and we start off actually in the future and uh it's walt's 52nd birthday we don't really know what's going on he buys a gun becomes important later on but we don't really know what's going on tv shows seem to do this back and forth timeline things just to be cool sorry guys can i be a pain can i be a pain and ask a question Yep. This is going way back to bloody um, season, um, was it two, when um, Jane died? Mm-hmm. That stuff with the plane. So Jane's dad, right, was the pilot of the plane that crashed? Uh, yes, what he season, was what part of was uh, traffic control. Yeah, and when he heard the news is when he looked away from the screen and then the plane crashed or something like that. It was like yeah. a really stupid plot point. <laughs> yeah, something ridiculous like that. So he was indirectly... At fault for how many people getting killed by this plane crash? I know. Crazy. But Walt's the monster. <laughs> yeah, he's the monster. What made me think of that was was um, when you said we have a look into the future. Because we had a look into the future with that plane crash as well, didn't we? Yeah. Um, when he saw stuff starts, in a swimming pool, etc. It starts yeah. off of that pink bear. But just when you say that, actually, I'm going to go back, actually. 
sorry guys, in season four to what you were saying earlier, because it is actually a big plot point, but the Tet falling over thing. Tate, what happens there is Ted gets audited, and that's big because Skyler was cooking his books, and it'll all sort of yeah. She she'll be at fault because she was she was keeping his books. So what Skyler does is she takes Walt's money uh, to pay for this, and Ted doesn't want to take it, but she forces him to do it. But Bill Burr is one of the muscles in this, which is weird, and the other the large black guy. I don't Huel. Know. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> the best name ever, Huel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what is with that? And then Ted tries to get away, and as, as Joe was saying, it's the funniest thing ever. He runs and trips on his mat, and ends up falling on his head and sliding in under a table, and then cracking his neck off the neck, wall. Next first into <laughs> next first into his his TV stand, whatever the hell it was. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I laughed, I laughed, I laughed when I first saw that episode. It was hilarious, hilarious absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and the look yeah. the two guys gave each other as well. <laughs> it's like, it was like this moment they now? knew they <laughs> fucked up. It's, a, it's again another trope though, kind of, isn't it? We've got the two dumb muscle guys that kind of fucked up the situation. <laughs> It is uh, hilarious, but I at that point I thought he was he was dead, but he's not actually dead. Because <laughs> we realise later on he just broke his back. She, next, won't fuck, she won't fuck Ted anymore. <laughs> oh dear! The next scene no. he's is is laid up, um, looking full of sorrow. Ne- might never walk again, bloody hell! I know. It's, <laughs> Skyler just doesn't give a fuck. Doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> doesn't doesn't care at all. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go back to season five anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Hank, Hank's now investigating back in present day. Hank's investigating the burnt lab, obviously. Uh, Walt and them, the guys get rid of all the evidence uh, through the use of magnets. I seem to remember with the the yeah. s- scrap guy from the season one with the Winnebago. He's the ultimate he, hero of this. Yeah, exactly. On song. <laughs> and they end up getting a little evidence and whatever. But what happens is Walt doesn't have any money because Skyler's give away all his money to Ted. So Walt and Jesse and Mike all team up together. Mike is the muscle with the muscle guy for Gus, but of course now because Gus is dead, Mike's open for employment basically. Uh, we then meet Lydia, who I, ca- I didn't like this character at all. She seemed it didn't seem to fit her character. Didn't seem to fit into what she was doing. Guy, did, did you feel that about Lydia? It was kind of like a mismatch because she was like a pencil pusher, but she was above Gus, kind of. Yeah, it was like it was almost like Skylar syndrome, but not as bad. Like you didn't like her, but at the same time, it's like you don't really fit. You're meant to be this. You're meant to be providing. I think is it methylamine or something like that to mm-hmm. Gus or something like that. It's like you don't seem like the type who has the balls to actually get involved in this business. No, and, she seems it's just like a real stickler for rules. Type yeah, of and, ob- and obviously with the scenes with Mike later on when she's in a diner, it's like more like that where she thinks it's all like Hollywood where you have to sit with your back to each other in a diner, and then Mike's just like, <laughs> "Shut up, bitch, and just say it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mike doesn't take any shit, does he? Uh, <laughs> what What about you, Joe? Lydia, bit of a pain in the arse. She's inc- she's incredibly annoying, right? But um, I like the fact that um, they did it that way. You know, because um, I always, you know, not always, but you, you watch, you watch these um, these um, these films like The Godfather and what have you. You saw these mob um movies or TV shows, and you wonder how 
they get so established where you know they've got these big corporations mm-hmm. um actually in cahoots so this is a good sort of um sort of um way of, of showing how how it would work so you've got like a a, a, a someone who's sort of fairly high up um in terms of an, an executive position um and you know she's the she's the connect really um in, in order to for him to actually you know make the the meth in the first place so i thought it was a good link from the from the corporate world to the um to, to the drug trade just the character yeah. itself was just incredibly annoying that's the, that, that's that's the, that's the only thing um yeah. but yeah i like the link yeah i like scene, the link as you say yeah, that scene where she sat with her dark glasses with her back turned to Mike is absolutely <laughs> hilarious, though. It was, <laughs> it's right. so funny. It's like she watched a couple of old school gangster movies and thought, yep, this is how it's done. <laughs> maybe, maybe she should check her coffee next time that she does that. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, just saying. Uh, but she, which, as Guy was saying, she ends up the, the methylene or whatever the hell it is. I don't make meth. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's providing that. Uh, but her supply runs out or something I seem to remember, isn't that right? Uh, I think they get more strict with the rules or some shit like that. Yeah, so they end up, they have to rob a, a train carrying this stuff. Yeah. And this is really important because it kind of goes away. And we get introduced to this guy called Todd. He's kind of the muscle along with Jesse, to, along with Bill Burr, <laughs> again, <laughs> to... Uh, steal this stuff uh and a kid on a on a bike sees them on a on a motorbike sees them and todd ends up killing the child which is really really shocking at the time like this doesn't happen in tv you don't just point blank shoot a child yeah this shoot did this shooting shock you was it it just a not were you expecting that sort of at this point because of the way everything else was shocking in this series or did that even come out of the blue for you guys what do you think joe it was shocking yeah it was i wasn't expecting that i mean most people who've been killed so far are, I'd say, pretty much all involved in in the drug trade or are cops. Um, even Ted didn't didn't get wasn't killed. He was laid up in in hospital. So, to this point, I don't think any innocents or civilians, as they call them, um, were visibly killed. I don't think or executed. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was the first, and for it to be a small child on a bike, yeah, it was. Um, it was yeah, not, it was yeah. The kid, the kid just turns up and it's just there. It's like it's not even a character. Doesn't even really have any lines either. Yeah, it's a skill guy. Were you shocked by this? It was. It was because Todd actually like waved at him and it was like, oh okay, he's just gonna wave him. Oh oh, oh he's dead. Shit. He's actually just shot a child. For no, yeah. <laughs> basically, no, like, how would he have any idea what was actually happening in that scene? <laughs> and he just, it's just shoots. Him. It's just nothing you see on TV normally. Mm. As you say, innocent people just generally get away with it. They, they get out of the situation. But this is really, this is big because this is just where Jesse just draws the line. He's like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Even Mike's like, no, can't be killing kids or whatever. So this leaves Walt in a dilemma and he ends up having to make a, a deal with uh, some, some drug lord from Phoenix because he doesn't want to end up just giving his methylene to the competitor for a shoddy product. So at this point, Walt's being in such a, such a degree that he doesn't want anybody taking anybody else's product because his product is the best would you guys say that at this point this is maybe the worst point of walt this is just where the ego was taken over guy yeah this is where walt this is where walt becomes pretty much he takes gus's role where he's in charge of everything and it it comes up later that he like fucking tries to he, he kills off people like mike and stuff like that um 
uh, I think he kills all of Mike's friends in jail as well, who were who he was paying for silence. That's why Mike got yeah. back in full business because he needed he, his account got frozen and he needed to pay off his uh, people to stop stop them squealing on him. Um, but yeah, Walt just becomes it's it's more than a drug lord now. Now he's just like a criminal mastermind where he's thinking of more, more than just supplying drugs and stuff like that. He's basically just an ego at that point, I think. Yeah. He is the one who knocks, says. Yes, exactly. And he sort of, it even goes even further in the fact that he kills Mike. He could have just let Mike go because Mike wasn't going to be a problem. Mike was leaving. The, the DA were investigating him, but Mike wasn't going to talk. He got rid of all the evidence and he was going to go. And Walt just kills him needlessly. Mm. Which, Joe, did, did that strike you as odd that he just killed him immediately? Because up until then, I, I thought Walt sort of had logic, but this one didn't really have any logic. This seemed to be for pleasure rather than anything else. Uh, yeah, it, this is this is when Walt turns into the bad guy and unlikable um, and starts doing things that you think, oh, no, that wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Killing Mike was definitely a was definitely one, um, and just continuing the relationship um, with Todd and his people, you know, just starting sort of brand new and 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 making um, deals with with some with completely different characters. You just knew he'd sort of taken another direction in further into darkness. Really, he'd um, yeah. completely crossed the line by then. He and tries to I replace s- Todd with Je- or Jesse with Todd. With Jesse with Todd, exactly. Yeah. The yeah. Deliverance Crew, as yeah. I call them. Yeah, yeah. just like a bunch of white supremacists. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they're horrible characters. This is the point where I started to dislike um, this series. Don't get me wrong, it's still compelling viewing. Still had to watch the episodes, but was sort of not liking the um, the conclusions that were that were coming to. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. If 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 you could sort of write it yourself, you'd sort of maybe go into a, a, a more of a happier situation. But um, it started to get really, really, really dark um, from from that point. Yeah, I think it was at that point. It was the darkest show on TV, really, isn't it? Yeah. And it's it shows you as well. For me, I was saying this to you guys earlier. We were discussing this. I said we'd save it for the for the podcast. For me, in the start, Jesse, I hate Walt. I love, I love, and then it flips at this point. And for me, at the as we're coming towards the end of the the series as a whole, Walt's the bad guy. Everybody hates Walt. Jesse's the sort of anti-hero type guy. Everybody loves him. For me, that's how I felt. What about you, Guy? No? <laughs> well, you've said that a few times. I do like to watch the world burn. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I still like Walt. He's got to do what he's got to do. And at, at this point, I obviously said I didn't like Jesse at this point. And I showed, it showed that he does develop. But I, I, I grew to like Jesse as well because he did mature. And, obviously, he got involved with that uh, Brock and his... Uh, got in more relationships and stuff like that. Stop saying he, bitch. Yeah, he stopped saying <laughs> bitches. Um, stop having stopped having mental parties where he just took drugs. That that pissed me off no end. But um, yeah, he yeah. sort of becomes somebody that you can kind of respect because he mm. he he has morals. Whereas it starts to when you delve down to Walt doesn't really have any. Yeah, yeah this, this is the thing. This, this it's a morals thing that that tend, that seems to go out, uh, go out the window with uh, with Walt. But with uh, Jesse, he's he's still got some values. Then no matter what, how how much money is is um is at stake, or whether he's going to end up being ratted out to the police, or what, is, there's just lines he won't cross. But Hank will, sorry, Walt will. Um, at what stage was it? Did um 
did um, Jesse record that message where he threatened to burn all the money? Was it this series? Uh, I'm not too sure. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I vaguely remember it. I think yeah. it's, it's four or five. I'm not yeah. sure. Whether. Yeah. And that's the from that we know that Walt. It's all about the money, isn't it? Yeah, all, all about the money. Yeah, it's all about the money, and well, Jesse recognizes that. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the thing is that Walt in this series he finds out that he has cancer again. So then he's just like, "Fuck this! I'll just get as much money as possible for the for the yeah. bitching kid." Yeah, it's the yeah. Se- it's the second part of the season that we realize that he's got cancer again, and it's kind of a flip as well because at the start. Jesse was all about the money and everything, and then he sort of changes with that as well. But we come to the second part of the season, so at the end of the first part, it ends on a real cliffhanger. Hank is over at a barbecue or something like that and ends up going to the toilet. It's a really innocuous moment. Like it's nothing. <laughs> He's going to take a shit. Pretty much. He's into the toilet, and there, there's a book. I can't really remember what the book is. Well, uh, some physics shit? Yeah, something stupid. But it, I don't know why he's not reading like nuts or something in a in a bog. I don't know, but, but he's got he's got a really in depth book and he opens it up and inside it is Walt's initials and it's signed exactly the same as the WW. And at that moment, bam, it clicks with Hank because obviously he's a cop or whatever. So it's just it, his instincts go and his that's for him at that moment at cliffhanger. We now realize he knows that Walt is uh, Heisenberg. This was. I think this is the highlight of the entire. That's the cliffhangers of all of all cliffhangers. That is that is the moment. That is the moment. Yeah, Joe, <laughs> this was for you, yeah. Yeah, because the whole the whole show is building up to this moment when Hank finds out, you know, and that is it. That's when shit. I mean, we've said <laughs> shit. Really we've, 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 shit we, we, we've said shit hitting the fan a few times, but this is when <laughs> this shit it does hit the bloody fan. This is it. It's no more. Um, there's no more subtleties now, or you know, it's it's all out. It, it, it's because it, family is is ruined now. Like everything is fucked, basically. We didn't um, see coming at all, like because everything was everything was happy at this point. They were having yeah. a nice barbecue and everything. We thought, hey, Walt's actually going to get away with it because this is season five. And we're like, hey, it must be winding down. Yeah, and then bam, guy, did this shock you? Was this big for you? Was this your the, highlight? This was. This was the pivotal one of the whole show, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was huge in terms of it. And then, it, then it just adds another level to Hank as well, where he, he goes, "Fuck, fuck, family! This is this is this is police shit. This this is going to that surprised me. The fuck family thing because I thought to myself, um, mm, how's he going to respond? Is he going to react how he would normally would with any other criminal, sort of any other sort of high ranking?" Um, drug master, drug lord mastermind you know he's DEA so obviously he has to go after them but it being his brother-in-law how is he going to approach this and I was a bit surprised that he approached it in this in, in even more so more rigorously than he would if it was somebody else yeah. you know well he did yeah. try to kill him a few times when he was trying to get him to the uh, laundrette when he fucking crushed his car on purpose and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> I, for me at that I think the highlight the shoe peaked at that point I think that was the end of that part of the season. I think the second half of the season, I didn't really think ever really reached those highs again. Would you agree? Mm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's, it starts off and Hank's investigating Walt, but it's all sort of blase. It's not really like, Oh my God moment anymore. Hank. And then they just end up confronting each other, like in a cordial way in his it garage. Is, it is garage. Yeah. yeah. And they're just having a chat about it. And then Walt just, Delicately puts in there, hey, my cancer's back, so I'm never going to go to jail anyway, so 
fuck you, Hank. Do what, do whatever you, you're gonna you fuck, do. Off you, fuck, mate. <laughs> yeah, I don't give yeah, a shit they, on you. I thought that they should have had a. It should have. The one my major criticism of the show is they should have had a, a more of a um, a heart to heart confrontation between the two of them, rather than that yeah. garage scene. Yeah, because they gotten really close at the. Yeah, through the whole thing, like at the start, as you say, he was a dickhead to all, but they'd really grown really close. They were like brothers. Yeah, by by that point, and then it just like hangs the switch just sort of goes. So in a way, I'd say Joe, you're probably right. He does then treat him immediately. Immediately, he's just a drug lord to him. The the, the switch is gone in his head, and walks no yeah. family, and he starts treating him as such. But then I thought it wasn't really that smart police wise to just no, start wasn't. talking. With with him in the garage because it really makes sense. And yeah, uh, and and to let he let him know that he knew pretty quickly, didn't he? Like, yeah, you'd think if he really was going to try and bring him down, he'd keep it, he'd keep, he'd do it in secret. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit strange. Yeah, as well. Uh, but we we also look on the flip side. Jesse is out of the whole game of thing, but he's got the five million or whatever that Hank or Walt left him. Uh, for his share of the business, but we realize that Jesse's not happy with the money or whatever. So this is Jesse's really grown up, as we say. So he goes into a real meltdown and drives around and starts chucking his money out a window <laughs> onto people's lawn because he feels like he has to give it back. Uh, and whereas Walt, he is he's sort of like Gollum with his precious with his money. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> he takes he takes his money, he sticks it in seven barrels, he takes it to, into the desert where he, he first cooked meth. There's some symbolism in that, and then buries it out there so as he can sort of go back and go, my precious, every so often. But uh, what did you guys think of Jesse's real meltdown? Did you feel for him? I, I really felt for him as he was driving around, throwing his money out the window. Uh, guy? Yeah, it, it, it just kind of it's kind of gone full circle with him again, hasn't it? Where he's gone from rehab, from snapping at parties like after losing uh, Jessica Jones, who I can't remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, he loses. It's like going full circle back to that point where he's actually just snapped and has no idea what to do with life anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it it just shows that even though you're out the game, you still. Fully, you're fully fucked over by the game. Of the things, the things drugs. he's seen, the things he's done. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. So his, his his conscience couldn't let go, could it? No, I think yeah. this is the point where you realise that Jesse's human and Paul just isn't. Yeah, to me. But that throwing out his money gets him in a bit of bother. Uh, cops obviously want to know why he's got five million and he's chucking it around the place. Uh, so Hank tries to get him to turn on Walt. Uh, but it doesn't quite work out, and Walt sort of tr- persuades Jesse to go away through Saul, so Saul can organise this guy to take take him away or whatever. Jesse's all ready to go, and then he looks at his cigarette packet. Isn't that what happens? He looks at his cigarette yeah. packet. Oh, yeah, and the rice and um, thing in there. Yeah. So was that, yeah, yeah. It reminds him because uh, Saul gets one of his henchmen to steal something off him, and he realises, hey, that, that rice and cigarette could have been switched around at any point, and it all clicks. It's sort of like the hang on the toilet moment where he goes... It was actually Walt, the poison Brock, all along. Yeah. And this infuriates Jesse because we now know that he's got morals. This is something really dear to him. So he goes uh, to Walt's house and he goes to burn it down. But Walt's not there. Uh, Hank follows him, follows him and somehow convinces him now. Jesse knows that Walt, what type of character Walt is. So they agree that they're going to take Walt down. Were you guys surprised by this, with Jesse's uh, change of heart, Joe? 
And what do you, what do you mean? Um, change your heart to to actually to bring did to you, bring Walt you, down? Yeah. Did you think he would ever actually do it in the end? I thought he would do it because of the the um the recent thing with Brock was just was the absolute straw that broke the camel's back. So anything Jesse did um, from that point, I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> this was his most anti-war um, moment, and um, I just thought, yeah, he was, he was out for revenge for, for, from this point on. So he wouldn't. I was I was expecting him to be cooperating with Hank um, fully. From, from yeah, the, the relationship's it's broken at that point, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely broken. So they concoct they concoct a plan then to lure Walt's money because they know the only thing that's important to Walt is his money. They lure him there by taking a video saying, "Hey, we've got your we've got your money here. Come come and get it. We're going to burn it." And what they do is they put a GPS on Walt and they follow him out to his money. Yeah, and it's sort of goes into Mexican standoff mode, doesn't it? Oh yes, yeah. Is there a so this, this is the point goes out. It's my precious, my money. He realizes that he's been done. Walt then, being the character that he is now, goes, "Hey, I'm going to hire some white supremacists to come and help me out here." <laughs> so basically, Walt Walt's just decided he's killing Hank. So he he calls him out, and then he has a change of heart. Isn't that right? Were you guys surprised by that? Mm. Guy, yeah. you think he was? I w- I wasn't surprised by it. Obviously. I think everyone has the snapping point, but when someone's gone that far and doesn't give a fuck anymore, it's like you kind of put yourself in the shit here, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. uh, and obviously, I think it's where he says, "Hank, you're gonna get out of this," and then Hank's like, "No, I'm already fucking dead, mate." Yeah, uh, it's it's like yeah, this yeah. is this is the point of no return. Obviously, even though he wants to now. Yeah, because Hank's partner gets killed, and then Hank gets shot, and he's on the ground, and Walt's like, no, no, don't do it, but Jack, he's a white supremacist, this fucking psycho does it, and ends up killing him for him, Uh, and they steal Walt's money, which is what's precious to him, leave him with one barrel of money, which is still probably an obscene amount of money. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but once Skylar Skylar realizes Hank's dead, so Walt goes back, Skylar, and she realizes, and then Again, she snaps. So everybody's relationship with Walt at this point is just breaking. That's it. He's alone basically now. Yeah. So, so he's alone. She tries to kill him with a knife. Doesn't work out, and he ends up stealing uh, the child and going on the run. So Walt's lost everything. He's on the run. This is just. It's kind of like a real <laughs> roundabout way of getting to the story of don't do don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. This this is this is the don't <laughs> do drugs message because everything in your life will go to shit. <laughs> yeah. It'll just melt down. So yeah. So, so basically everything that Walt, at the start of the series, he wanted to provide for his family, and now at this stage he doesn't have any family, basically. Yeah, exactly. But then something weird happens, because Walt, Walt's conscious kind of kicks back in again, and he admits everything on the phone while it's being recorded by the police, so the police now know all this, and he leaves the baby in a, a fire station or something, isn't it? Uh, I can't remember. He, Does he leave it with Saul? No, no. I think I think he left it in a fire. I think he left it alone in a fire station to be picked up until tells Skylar where it is. Mm, something like that. And then I think Walt, what he does next is he goes to stall. He gets the same guy again to be relocated. Only this time he goes through with it. And then we fast forward to this is when his fifty second birthday was. So he's out in the wilderness in his cabin with his with his money with nothing being able to do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's kind of like. That story of like you've got your money, but you've got nothing else. So basically, it was all pointless. Uh, did you guys feel for him at this point, guy? 
Yeah, because right. you you see that it was it's he's he's not back to first season Walt, but it's like this dude's been through a lot of shit, and then that that waitress is like, "Oh, it's your birthday. You should celebrate." And he's like, "No, <laughs> well, what's the fucking point?" And stuff like not that for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't deserve. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty much trying to write. He's trying to do his best to right the wrongs that he's done. Obviously, he's he's he survived longer than he actually thought he would because obviously he's a year older when he said he was dying within weeks or something like that to Hank. So he thought, screw it, I'll I'll, I'll try and right wrongs. Yeah, what, what do you think, Joe? Did you have you gone from hating him to feeling sorry for him? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> I think I did. It went pear didn't it? But um, yeah, I, I, I like the fact that he was, um, um, as the guy said, um, you know, took it upon himself to start writing some wrongs now. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's funny. Just goes, <laughs> yeah, go on. It's funny how a lot of characters all change in this show. We go from hating to loving to <laughs> different to being sorry. It all in a matter of maybe one or two episodes. Yeah. I, I thought that was brilliant from the writers the way they did that, and the way he kind of goes full circle then in the end. So he's. He's a great guy. He's a, the ultimate dickhead, and then he's a great guy again. Yeah, it's just all—it's just fascinating the way they do that. But we're kind of—we're in the the final stretch now of this the series. We'll get this wrapped up now. So, what ends up happening is he sees on TV the two the two partners we mentioned earlier on. We said were were pivotal to the whole thing. Where I think it's Grey Matter or something. The company's called. Uh, mm. Where basically Walt was the the brains behind whatever product they came up with or whatever formula they come up with, but. The, because he's wanted by the police, they go on TV and sort of disavow him and say, no way, he had nothing to do with any of it. Uh, we come up with everything. And this Walt's sort of ego kicks back in again. And he goes, right, I'm going to go and I'm going to fuck them up. So we think that he's back into full rage mode again. And he goes there and pretty much we think he's going to kill him. You think he's going to kill him, guys, Joe? No, I didn't think so. I didn't think he was going to kill them, but... Um... <laughs> I was back to being a, um, a, a, a Walt fan at this stage because um, they really did. It, it just seemed that they really did shaft him, didn't they? Um, yeah. Somehow getting basically, him out. Yeah. That's the way his life could have been, but he got shafted, basically. Yeah, exactly. This is where I was in the predicament is in the first place. So it seemed like, you know, it was part of having this incredible idea to build this company and they were all living some millionaire's lifestyle. Um, and the fact he got sort of screwed out of it is the reason he's going through all this shit. So <laughs> I was backing him to inflict some some sort of revenge on on them, but I didn't I didn't think he'd kill them. No, I think it would, I think it would be a bit more clever, more subtle than than than, than that. But what about you guys? Do you think he would kill them? Well, at, at this stage, you didn't know that he was coming back to like try and rescue Jesse and stuff like that. So I thought he was just going to come back and fuck everyone over. So I thought he was going to see. Kill see, yeah, I thought that, and then they got the red dots and everything on him. Yeah, it's going to blow them away because he bought the gun and everything. So it's yeah. like, yeah, he's definitely going to do it. But what he actually does is uh, sort of the full circle thing kicks in again. He gives the money to them because they're rich; they can launder the money basically and set it up for. They said he set it up for Flynn on his 18th birthday, I think it is, so then he can get the money. So it was at least all of this heartache could be for something, basically. Yeah. Mm. And then he's sort of he's sort of cleaning up shop at this point as well. So what he does is he takes the rice in with him. He apologizes to Skyler, uh, poisons Lydia in her movie scene in a coffee shop, <laughs> lures her in, puts the rice in, in her coffee, which is kind of a weird symmetry to that. Were you guys glad about that? Oh yeah, awesome. Yeah. 
That was dead. Awesome. <laughs> killed in the most cliche of ways <laughs> so he's sort of he's sort of writing all the wrongs here and then we're only left with just one singular person and that's jesse and jesse we find him he's now being held captive basically by jack and the the white supremacist crew so walt concocts a plan to save him uh joe what do you think of this stellar plan walt comes up with was this genius walt at, at the ready again this was Hannibal Smith, Walt. <laughs> it was big time A team mode the way he um, orchestrated this escape. But um, my least favorite scene in the whole thing happened. I think just before this, when Jesse was already being kidnapped, mm-hmm. and um, um, I think he did re- he refused to cook for them, and they got him to basically do anything, anything, and they wanted by um, they going the to. Girl, yeah. They they went yeah they they went they went to his girlfriend's house and uh, was it Andrea and killed her yeah. and that for me was the darkest moment of the entire series I was I was pretty upset at that point it was really it was really well um, acted and written though it was so dramatic um, and they basically said if if you don't do what we want we'll go, we'll go back and, and kill the boy so he had no choice um, and yeah pretty much working for them as a slave cooking up the meth. For, I don't know how long. I can't remember how long. Um, so yeah, I was glad for when. Um, I think it was about when, a year, wasn't it? Was it that long? Yeah, I think it's a year long from his fifty-first birthday or something. I think it was when he was it's diagnosed long, again. That's, that is a yeah. long time being held captive. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So um, was happy um, for for Walt to come back and 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 hatch his his, his plan to, to to get him out. Guy, do you think that uh, Walt realized this was sort of the end? Do you think he banked on getting? Or do you think his ego was maybe above that, and he thought he could get Jesse out of there and not die at the same time? Uh, I thought, I thought, he, I thought he just didn't give a shit if he lived or died. Really, all, all chip, he, all chips were in at that point. Yeah, fuck it. If I if I die, I might as well try and rescue Jesse, and if not, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill some hillbillies in the in the process. Um, yeah, it was a real redemption thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, yeah. what happens then is he does, he saves him, but he get, kind of gets shot by his own gun in, in the process. And But everybody else ends up dead, which is great. And then it's just left with sort of like the two central figures. It's a real poignant moment. And Walt pretty, pretty much says to Jesse, kill me. That's what you want to do anyway. Uh, but it, what, what do you think, guys? Did did you think he was going to kill him? Not going to kill him? Didn't really know what it was, Joe? No, I didn't think so. We were going to leave him to, um, I think at that point, if all killing him was, um, he didn't want nothing to do with him, really. And he, was, he wasn't going to give, do him any favours. And I think he thought killing him would be doing him a favour. So, he, yeah, he just left. What about you, Guy? Yeah, I was the same. I thought killing him would be the kind option and that, because he's obviously been shot. And he's he's still got his cancer, so it, it, he's going to just die slowly and want either, either way, so... I think it's just it's the right thing from Jesse's point of view to just leave him there slowly yeah. die. I think it was a similar he scene in off Game of Thrones, wasn't there? It's a similar scene in Game of Thrones, wasn't there? Um, the Stark girl, uh, what was her name when she was with the uh, dog? Oh yeah, and, yeah, hound. and yeah, hound. Sorry, <laughs> dog. <laughs> hound. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, she just left him, <laughs> left him to, for to dead. Rot, yeah, yeah, he might rot. be still alive though. He might be. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> yeah, who really knows? Everybody's dead and alive at the same time in that show. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. 
<laughs> at, that, at that point, uh, I kind of thought, kind of entered my mind, are they going to do a cop-out? Because you know why TV shows normally leave it open-ended? Like, you know why yeah. Dex did it? And yeah. just leave it open-ended. Is he going to die? But finally, a set of writers had the balls to kill him off. Uh, I thought it was a great ending. I loved the way that he died. He died going full circle, as I said, and the fact that he actually died. Were you guys happy with the the ending, guy? Was was the ending okay for you, or did you? Yeah, you see it with TV shows that they can fucking they'll try and bring shit. Like you see the X Files now. Obviously, they didn't have a proper ending there, but obviously they brought it back, and now it's shit. Um, I'm (laughs) glad they can't do that with Breaking Bad. Now they've they've gone down the prequel. the prequel route. Um, yeah, they, they'll always find a way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it, it kind of makes sense for a prequel because there's obviously a shitload of Sidequel, whatever it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah sidequel, yeah. yeah. And I'm glad they killed off uh, Walt because yeah. if they I brought mean, him back, like, they'll, they'll open it with him fucking on his 53rd birthday or something like that, some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joe, were you happy with it? Yeah, happy with it, yeah. It was, yeah, they sealed it shut, didn't they? Which was exactly good. how you wanted it to be. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. They, they did it. They did it really well. No, no cop out. Yeah, I agree with guy. Just yeah, kill him off. Cl- cl- give everyone closure, <laughs> and exactly. that's the end of that. A wrap. That's the wrap. No temptations yeah. to try and rekindle. No, no, that bollocks. Yeah, just um, just seal it shut. Um, you mentioned Dexter with that had um the opposite ending, and I think they wanted to um. They wanted the option of a, of a, of a, is it a ninth or tenth season? A ninth, I think. They wanted the option of a, of a final season. Yeah. yeah, they wanted an option of a ninth season. So that's why they did it like that. But then I think the network were like, uh, nah. <laughs> that's your lot. And it just ru- ruined it as a, as a complete package, didn't it? I hated the ending for um, Dexter. And that was, Dexter's my favorite ever TV show. But it yeah, went kind of shit at the end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, that. Breaking Bad wraps up nicely. I think that wraps up nicely yeah. the as well. Uh, it was going to go into favourite characters and stuff. I don't really think. I think we've discussed that anyway. Uh, just last thing, just a bit of admin, basically. Uh, any plugs from you guys, Joe? You got anything coming up? Um, no, not really. No, no, no plugs. Um, yeah, just um, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure when I'm going to be ne- on on the next um, podcast. Waiting for the. Um, for, for, for the invite, so the as as and when, call. yeah, the, the the all important um direct message from Mister uh, Camden. <laughs> uh, where can everybody find you? Yeah, so yeah, so um Twitter and Jcuzzy one, um you can find me there, and I'll be rant, ranting away at Liverpool's poor season mostly. So yeah, is there anything else to talk about? Really, is there? <laughs> exactly. Uh, what about you, Guy? You got anything coming up or whatever? I know you've got the Academy, the new Academy podcast, so if anybody's interested in the youth and stuff like that, they want to give that a... Yeah, I'll, obviously on the Anfield Index. Uh, I do the Academy podcast. I host that with uh, Nathan and Scott. Uh, I was also on the Reds review for February this month uh, with Andy, um, so give that a listen. That's, I think that's still in circulation. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much all. Looks. It's like the inter- it's like the internet. Nothing ever goes away. If you said something once oh, on yeah. the internet, it's there, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, all I have to say is thanks, thanks very much, guys, for taking the time. I know it lasted a bit longer than we had thought it was going to last, but thanks very much. I uh, no hope everybody, everybody at home or wherever in your car, or whatever, listening, enjoyed it. Uh, if it spoiled it for you, uh, you're an idiot. <laughs> 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 pretty much. But uh, that's it for me. Uh, 
we'll be back again soon. See you guys. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.